0: Welcome back, everyone, to the Cancel for Maintenance podcast, where we talk about the gritty, non-glamorous life of aircraft maintenance. I am your host, Six. Our two other co-hosts, MVP and Shoreline, are off on work trips. So I am here holding down the fort, but I'm not alone for this episode as we have a return guest, the ever-famous, always humble, ever-educating Stig from Stig Aviation. Welcome once again, Stig. Glad to have you back.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. And, uh, as always and always will be just a wrench and, uh, a friend that that's all I am a friend to you and friend to, uh, all our aviation community, and uh, not only maintenance, but all around. So thank you once again for having me, you guys are all amazing and just, I am always humbled to partake and just to have the, I have the privilege, get you giving me the privilege to actually speak. So. Let's get the show on the road. Let's let's talk about some fun stuff here.
0: Yeah, we'll do. So today we're going to talk of an array of topics. Um, the first of which I'd like to touch on is going back to basics, uh, a.k.a. sustaining the fundamentals. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, we've all been there. We've been places where it seems like there's a recurring theme where someone or some group are always trying to reinvent the wheel in, in doing so, they focus more on the speed of these new things, and either incidentally or intentionally, they forsake the basics, right? Uh, uh, Stig, uh, I'm kind of oh, jab- oh, jabbing yeah. oh, on you no. a little bit. Oh,
1: no, no, you're you're jabbing on me hard, and trust me, I got feelings on this one, very <laughs> hard feelings on this one. Uh, yes, absolutely. When you start talking about the basics, I, I always try to implement... Um, The concept of basics, a foundation, especially to our young generation of mechanics. You know, we have a young generation of mechanics, not only young, but as well as older generation, like the mature, uh, smart uh, men and women that are going through A&P schools, which I just recently visited, and which was a big surprise to me. Um, Many people are changing their careers. older men and women they're coming into a understanding where you know aviation is a thriving career but the older generation can already has this on kind of a grasp they they already they already understand what the basics are and they can really grasp what they need to do and what they need to understand but the younger generation the the younger folks uh, they're eager they are they very much are wanting to do this, but this is where I come to a cusp. And this is where the problem comes in. Uh, forgive me for saying this, but the younger generation seems to want everything to be handed to them. It doesn't yeah. work that way. It does not work that way. You have to earn your right, you have to learn. Now, when it comes down to understanding the basics, understanding the concepts, And this is where I go back to, and exactly what you said the foundations. You can't, there's no shortcut to this. You can't just leapfrog and jump and run and, like, oh, I got my ticket and I can go fix airplanes. It doesn't work that way. You have to take a step back and you have to really, really understand why you're going to school for this and try to understand. The basic concepts of aviation and aircraft, this is what I always say, build a strong foundation. Bring that bring that knowledge, bring that inquisitive knowledge, and build it solid. Once you have that solid foundation, guess what? There's no breaking it. All you can do is build on top of it. And this is what I encourage every single person that is coming up into the aircraft maintenance community. Make sure you have that solid foundation of understanding. Once you got that, this, there's there's no limit. And the education is always there. Absolutely right. Uh, speaking of
0: this, that kind of this uh, pinged a chord in my head about the tech training of it all. Uh, I remember when I was going through some of my technical schools, one of the first things they um, talk about uh, aircraft wise, right? Not the, the line on how things work is the principles of operation, right? Uh, What the aircraft does, what's the manual call that gives you a general scope of what it is. It's right around the same manual that most aircrew and pilots would use. Like, this is what this lever does. This is what this button does. Uh, This is how long the aircraft is. Now, at first, for a brand new, never seen an aircraft in their life student, sounds good. Okay, this aircraft is 50 feet long by 20 feet wide or whatever the case may be. And a lot of this stuff, like it just seems like a foreign language. But once they they kind of just breeze through all that stuff, and then they's like, all right, when do I get to touch the engine? When do I get to uh, mess around with gears and and push buttons and st- and and push the throttle and stuff like that? Like hold on, hold on time out, hoss. Like uh, we need to tell you how all this ties together first before we start dissecting it. It's kind of like uh um like intro to body shop or whatnot, like, or even intro to health. Like this is the human body. This is what a car is. It has four wheels and, and so many it's, gears. <laughs> it's progr-
1: I mean? Six. It's progressive. It's progressive. And, uh, I spoke on this as well. And, uh, it, it truly is an organic feeling. Um, you have to progress through the aircraft and much like you learn how to walk and talk. Um, imagine some, ele- me i am i'm 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 not from this country originally i came here as a foreigner and i learned how to speak the language and walk and talk and understand how to become part of the community right mm-hmm, it's right. much the same it's much the same way now you're introducing yourself to a completely foreign world and the foreign world is aircraft maintenance or any portion of aircraft you have to learn to walk and talk and speak in that language. Now, when it comes to this, is yes, you can have manuals. Let's say aircraft. Um, we're talking. Let's 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 take an example for pilots. Pilots have their SOPs and their FCOMs, right? Right. That's right. how that's how they learn. That's how they learn their aircraft, which is their prerogative is learning how to fly the aircraft and how to interact with certain situations. Aircraft maintenance, on their hand, works in a bit different ways. We work it as we have to understand the aircraft in deeper value, understanding what it does, why it does it, how it does it. We want to know how the aircraft interacts in certain situations. So when it comes down to this, it's all about progression of learning, and the learning never stops. You know right. what I mean?
0: Right, absolutely. Uh, I will. I will give it to these technical schools out there that teach people how to be aircraft mechanics or pilots or whatnot. Especially here in the U.S., where like you're governed by a certain set of rules that you must have this kind of curriculum. Uh, for here in the U.S., it's the Part One Forty Seven of the FAR. Uh, I'm not sure what it is for the other places, but
1: oh, it's uh, for 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 the European standards. And I'm by the way, uh, six. Uh, Literally, no, I am going to make a, a very in-depth video on that particular subject. Um, the fact that, uh, EASA, uh, D, um, excuse me, um, CAS and, uh, DGCA standards. Oh my God. They put those, uh, Oh my God. This, they put those engineers through extreme hell. Uh, FAA standards are a lot more lax and mm-hmm. more relaxed. And, uh, once you do get your ticket, you're basically indoctrinated for life. Once you get your A&P, you're an A.M.P. for life. Right. Over there, on the other side of the world, it's completely different status set of standards. It's not pleasant at all.
0: Right. I'm. Mean, I'm looking forward for that video because I'm. I'm willing to hear because it it's always when it comes to uh, other um, areas or other flight authorities or airworthiness authorities, it gets kind of muddy when you start digging into the rules as to what license do what and to what extent and so forth. Uh, so uh, here with the FAA and the US uh, with the Part One Forty Seven, it 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 doesn't give you like a full meat and potatoes how your curriculum is going to run. It just kind of says you must have this, you must have X amount of trainers, you must have this many trainers to students, and so forth and so forth. It's almost like uh, the education system um, for high school and stuff like that.
1: But it, it is. It's it, what they do is right now and I'm going to be completely blunt and honest with you on this one uh, at this point in time with the education system when it comes down to the FAA standards and and the AMP schools that's going on I'm not trying to discredit any kind of AMP school here by the way uh, there are AMP schools that are amazing and there are some that are not that's just plain truth of it but what they're all trying to do is basically train students to pass the test yes, I'm glad, I'm glad so, you said that <laughs> yeah no I'm, I'm I'm gonna be again i'm 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 I don't sugarcoat things. I really don't. I'm very blunt and very straightforward with certain things and again, I don't promote I don't do any kind of things like I'll encourage people to do certain things because I know it's the right thing to do, but I will give them factual information. but when it comes down to today's standards and how schools are dealing with things, what they're literally trying to do is, obviously, schools are trying to make money. That's number one for most. Let's, let's not ignore that. Right, but right. Num- but number two, they are trying to push the these kids out of school. And obviously, it's, it's got to do with money because these kids are putting money into the school to get an education and to get a license. Now, the level of education, that is the problem. <laughs> they're not. They're, they're. They're not getting the right education. They are getting the bare, almost sub-bare minimum education. Because I am watching the quality of work from these schools that is coming out, and it's very disappointing. Because when I see a young student coming straight out of an A and P school, and they don't even know the basics of a wiring diagram, or understanding how to, they don't even know how to properly safety wire something. Oh. Yeah, that's very concerning to me. And no. I don't want to see that. I want to I wanna, I want I want to see good products because they these kids are paying close to fifty to seventy thousand dollars in going to school and they're coming out of these schools and they don't even know how to properly safety wire. I'm like, come mm. on, man, that's yep. not right. You know, this strikes
0: a chord with me because uh, I remember when I was going to the composite side of the house, uh, it was maybe 12 of us to one instructor. And me and this other individual, we've never touched composites in our life. Like one, I was mainly engines and this other guy was an avionics uh, wire technician. And so we're learning composites as part of our whole concept of the aircraft maintenance tech. And the instructor, for the most part, he kind of just gave like a five minute run. And then for the and then afterwards, we're pretty much left to our own vices. Like, okay, you have the assignment, drill these X amount of holes, lay up this amount of uh, composite, uh, do this kind of pro seal, and we're done for the day. I'm like, that's it, right? <laughs> like, it didn't tell me like, what's the standard? What's good? What's bad? I just kind of like, okay, look, watch me drill this hole. zip, And then, okay, now you do it, like.
1: Yeah, it, it, it doesn't work that way. I yeah, are gonna yeah, tell okay. me? <laughs> it, 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 yeah, I can I can understand by lead by example, which is completely okay. I'm 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 very for that because right? because that is my mentality. Is by lead by example. Is yeah, show me first, but then you got to explain what you're doing. It's right. not just it's not just here. I drilled the hole, drill the hole, the same hole. It doesn't work that way. Yeah, and whoever and whoever to whoever is listening, whoever will be listening to this podcast. Whether it be instructors or AP mechanics or anybody else, take that moment. This is this is me talking to everybody here in the world, whoever's listening to this. Take that moment, educate properly. Because guess what? That two seconds or two minutes of your extra time of you explaining something is going to make a humongous difference in the future of that second generation the next generation of mechanic. Right. Trust me. Trust me. I, I've i seen it. I've done it because you know why? Because I went through it because I had good instructors. I had good people teaching me how to do my job properly. Even when I made mistakes, I've had instructors come, up, come, come upside me, slap the heck out of my head and said, no, you did it wrong. <laughs> it's supposed to be 2D, not 1.5D, not 2.5D, 2D, two and a half times dimension of the rivet across the edge. Make it right. Drill it again. Yep. (laughs) You
0: You know, it's funny you say that, especially with um, like uh, teaching them right, because uh, in some areas, like say general aviation, or if it's like uh, you're in a situation where the A&P certificate is the quality assurance. uh, Some of these manuals that those people work in are very vague. It just says, take cowling off, put cowling back on, Uh, run engine. Did engine run good? Yes, no. Right. And like, it kind of understands that you know what the hell you're doing already. So if you're thinking like, oh, I'm just going to blast through this and I'm just going to follow the manual or the MIMS or whatever it's called in your area and think you're going to be a-okay, you might run into some problems. Now, if you're going to somewhere where they have the investment fund to create manuals that are very easy to follow and they're they're pokey very freaking easy uh very very easy to not make a mistake then okay uh but there's areas like uh around there where the manuals are either outdated or they're very vague or they have a couple mistakes on them and people just kind of have this tribal knowledge of how they're supposed to be doing it so learning all this stuff in advance really saves your saves your bacon uh, for lack of better words when uh you actually do this stuff in the field or in your work environment.
1: No, you're absolutely right. And okay. So uh, one thing I got to mention is that, okay, majority of schools are, they can't provide this these, these uh, deep level manuals. All they can provide is what they have. Right. Obviously, majority of, let's say, A&P schools, they have just basic aircraft and basic engines. Uh, like the one I went to actually this uh, yesterday, which was Spartan uh, Aviation School. And this is down by LAX. And they have multiple facilities. But it's not only that one. You have AIM, that's in Chicago. You have Avon Aeronautics, that's in New York. Uh, you have um, Baker, uh, that's down in Miami. You no, know, You have these really, really good advanced schools. They have lots of facilities and they have Good equipment, and they are teaching properly, but they are very limited on manuals. They can only give students very basics. Mm -hmm. Now, when I say basics, yeah, they can't give them detailed manuals. The, what what we see in the real world, and when it comes to not only military aviation but as well as commercial aviation, they can only give them a what an IPC or illustrated parts catalog on a Cessna one seventy two on a one or a one fifty two, or they can give them some basic engine breakdowns. But I, I again I always go back to saying, yeah, you're seeing very rudimentary basic things. And these are your foundations. Now, students are going to get, it's going to get tedious when it comes to students because they're going to get bored. They're going to see something that's like, okay, this this doesn't make sense to me. It's just pictures. It's just numbers. But when they start actually getting into the real world and they start seeing this and they start working with these things, it's going to make sense. Mm -hmm. They get intimidated by these things. And that's the one thing I really want to harp on is the anti-intimidation factor. I want schools to encourage students to understand that you're setting up a platform for you to understand something greater. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, that makes sense for me. I mean, if anyone else is I listening, mean,
1: I, 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 hope- I don't know. I'm sorry I'm i if I might say I might sound like I'm rambling, but trust me, it like it's what you learn, the the simple things that you learn when you step forward and you actually start working, whether it's military or whether it's commercial, it all that ties in together. And when you get the new technology and all that information in front of you, it's gonna be amazing because it's like, oh my God, I thought it was gonna be a bunch of paper manuals, this and this and this, but it's not. It's it, it becomes actually much simpler. It's It's a ton of information that's clearly available to you.
0: Oh, yeah. I remember the first time I saw like a a visual or virtual work instruction, like the ones where you can zoom in, spin it around and all kinds of stuff. Like, wow, this is way different than the shit that I saw in school. (laughs) Like, um, I still remember those times where like amazing, right? It's like uh, the pages were falling out because it's been turned and flipped and and torn so many times. And then here comes this thing where like it's just okay, your publication is this one laptop. I'm like, what? Like, yeah, just open the laptop, whatever you're whatever you're working on, it, it zooms in, it highlights what you're supposed to do. It gives you a quick animation of what's supposed to happen. I'm like,
1: Wow. <laughs> yeah, and, and you're talking you're talking to a guy who used to flip through microfish and doing L1011 work. Yeah, <laughs> exactly yeah. what you mean. <laughs> you know what I mean right now. Yep. So What I'm trying to say is that, you know, um, whatever they're teaching right now, it's a good thing. It is good because that's their limitation. It's the limitation of the school. They can't do much more than that. As much as they're trying to teach the students, um, and how can I put this? They are trying to teach them as much as humanly possible, but they don't have the capacity. They just don't have the technology and don't have the access to modern day and age what's actually happening in the real world and this is what i try to do obviously you you guys you know my social media this and that blah 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 but i try to show what goes on in the modern world because Mm -hmm. i want to get people ready for what's happening whether it be manuals whether it be aircraft components and just just visually stimulating and saying, "Hey, get ready for this. This is this is what you're going to be working with." Yep, this I remember. Your, I'm
0: sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No,
1: go ahead. no, go, go ahead. Go ahead.
0: I'm um, just saying. It's like I remember uh, one of the videos you put up. It was virtual circuit breakers. Now, I've seen something similar to that effect, but on like non-aircraft related stuff. You know, like uh, switches or uh, satellite dishes and stuff like that. But seeing virtual switches on a plane was like how the hell does that work? Right. I mean, that's kind of like the thing for a, for a circuit breaker. Right. But then you start explaining this. Like, wow, man, imagine probably like in 20 years from now, it's not even going to be a circuit breaker. The aircraft sh- is going to be like your circulatory system. Your body just knows to turn it on and off.
1: You know? Oh dude, the first time I, the first time I saw a 787 now, was just my, my brain just melted. I'm, um, I'm used to old classic airplanes and I, I grew up and throughout my career working on just, basic birds man Mm -hmm. Um, classic 737 200s and 727s l-1011s and md80s things like this just like basic things these were the uh, the starter of my career and then when i moved on to my future generation aircraft which was the you know the the most current right now the the airbus family and um when i got onto the A320 family, the 319s, the 20s, the 21s, the 321 Neos, these were these became the pinnacle, the pinnacle of education because these things were the future. They really were because they're just they're starting to dominate the market, and I dived into it like head first. I learned everything that's possibly I can with the airplane, and most people like to ask me, "Hey, Stig, what's what's your favorite airplane?" what's your favorite airplane? And I always go back to saying the same thing. I'm like the A321neo. Mm-hmm. It really is. I'm not hating on Boeing. I love Boeing. I've worked on 737s. I've worked on 777s, 787s, 747s, uh, 727s, everything you can imagine. They're amazing airplanes. The longevity and the, uh, just the, uh, the, the just how can I put this? Uh, Efficiency of that aircraft is amazing, mm-hmm. or that manufacturer, the great aircraft. But what I learned with with Airbus was amazing because the level of sophistication and the ease of use of that aircraft it became just like wow, this has never been done before. I can't. I I can only imagine, really. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. It's just, it's, it's about constant learning and me learning about that aircraft was amazing. I, and I learned a lot about it. I it, know it, quite a lot of it.
0: But, you know, it's one thing I am uh, very uh, fortunate to have learned uh, in school, and I'm pretty sure they still teach this, is learning how to use analog gauges, right? Um nowadays everything's digital or it depending on what organization you are you don't even use gauges no more you just got like this little laser that you just kind of run through the aircraft and whatever section you're inspecting and it'll tell it, it's almost like a mini ndi it'll tell you everything that's going on with that plane like how deep cracks are how spaced apart a rivet hole is and all kinds of craziness but uh, i was very uh, at the time i hated it <laughs> Uh, especially when it comes to analog because you know you're looking at tick marks that are like it's growing micro inches away from each other right like what is this right but to all the powers that be that figured out how to calibrate uh tools and gauges like that i mean it's a good skill i'll say that much and the reason why is because uh there was an instance where in one of the places i worked at when everything was mostly digital and someone forgot to change the batteries and we're at a dead stop because nobody almost nobody knew how to use a analog gauge <laughs> as sad as that is so there there is information that it may seem overloaded and uh for useless let's call for lack of a better word useless but it's all stuff you know it's kind of like that that backup to backup plan right uh you don't wait for the switches to fail, you don't wait for the batteries to die, you don't wait uh for the problem to have happened before you start preventing it. You know what I
1: mean? The redundant I always say this, I always go back to this is the redundancy is a beautiful thing and airplanes are built with that. And um yeah, it's it's always there. Now, I I'm glad you brought something up right here and about uselessness and I'm going to harp on this one right here. Okay, are you ready? Uh, let's hear it. <laughs> Okay, so was being taught was being taught in schools. I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna double back to schooling and education here. Okay, and uh, majority of schooling and the things that are being taught, is, and I'm just strictly speaking on FAA st- standards, and I'm not. I don't know what's going on on uh, EASA standards or their their parts sixty-six uh, module programs. Um. In regards to FAA standards, they're still teaching balsa wood. What? <laughs> you know, like, you mean like the stuff
0: that you see on a cricket, you know, or like out of Michaels?
1: Yeah, like <laughs> they're teaching students how to what? Are they gonna rebuild uh, the spruce goose or you know? <laughs> no, like I don't understand why they do this, and it's it's unneeded. It's they're wasting students' time. Now, now, correct? Of, is, uh, now, correct me if
0: I'm wrong. That uh, b- the balsa wood uh, stuff—that's more for like canvas wings, right?
1: Or canvas, yeah, canvas wings or any kind of gliders. Or I—I I, I guess they can be used on multiple things. But we're talking about things that are obsolete. These uh, students are coming out of school, they wanting to go to work for major airlines. That balsa wood is unless they're going to go into some kind of a special project area. Or are they going to be recreating antique aircraft? That's the only time that's going to be <laughs> useful or baseball stitching. I mean, I remember going to school and learning how to baseball stitch a canvas aircraft, which guess what? I've never done ever in my life.
0: You, you, now, you know, what you, you, know, you mentioned that with the baseball stitch. The first thing that comes to my mind when you say baseball stitch is mm-hmm. baseball stitching with safety wire uh, for a panel crack. Oh, God. Uh, I'm not sure if you've ever done that. No, but I've never done that one. I, I have, and it sucked. <laughs> it looks like the most ghetto fix in the world, but hey, it works. Um, so the reason why for the baseball stitch is for, like, say, uh, you get a crack along the line and you stop drill it. But uh, the, where the stop drill was, it's still relatively weak. So you kind of have to drill these little sewing holes, so to speak, around the lines of the crack and then in the, in a lack of a better word, you're stitching with safety wire on this crack to hold it together.
1: <laughs> there, so basically what you're saying is there's a crack. Let's put holes in a sheet metal and then let's put some more holes yep. to stitch it up. Oh science, right? Science, science. <laughs> Sorry, what were you going to say? I interrupt you on me. No, no, it's good. Um, goodness. Um, my point is uh, modern day and age uh, schools need to start teaching modern-day-age technology. They need to start start stepping away from balsa woods, baseball stitching, um, trying to teach them these kind of ridiculous things because it's not needed. It's, it's not real-world reality. It's They need to teach them practicality, practicality on what's going on in the real world how to fix things, how to troubleshoot. And this is the my main concern here. Yeah, you need to do your due li- diligence as an instructor, whoever is teaching, as to give them the basics on how aircraft work and how they function, and just basic repairs or understanding of components. Mm-hmm. But the primary concern is teaching students on how to troubleshoot, oh I God. went. I went back to this uh, because I, ta- I when I spoke to students, and I I always say this, and forgive me for saying this. Anybody can turn a wrench, righty tighty, lefty loosey. If you're not even good at working with tools and whatnot, you you will get good at it eventually. Doesn't matter. Anybody can turn a wrench. Anybody. But to actually troubleshoot, to understand the problem, to how to find the problem, that is the true essence of an aircraft maintenance technician. Not to remove and replace parts. That's a parts changer. Anybody can part change parts. But to actually find the problem, that is the true essence of an aircraft mechanic oh my god remember we are we are fixers that's that's our job we are fixers
0: so yeah i mean you're singing my song right now me and mvp and and ourselves have been harping this like since episode zero like uh troubleshooting is very quickly becoming a lost art right and And especially with today's technology, this is kind of double back into what you said earlier about a lot of students. They kind of want to have things handed to you or handed to them is because like with a lot of technology now, example is the 787, when there's a problem, it almost tells you what's wrong, right? Uh, There's might be a little bit of uh, diving into it, like pulling up the fault screen or something like that. But it's getting so advanced nowadays, where the the plane, if it got any smarter, it will go see the doctor. It will make an appointment and see a doctor. You know.
1: <laughs> at, at, this po- at this point, the airplane is so smart, it it literally sits there and says, "Hey, I'm I'm. This is broken. Can you? Here's your fault code. Just please help." Yeah. The airplane, the airplane talks to you at this point. The airplane is smarter than sorry to say the human being. The airplane is smarter than the human being at this point. (laughs) Before before it wasn't like that. Before in the olden days where you'd have to actually walk up to the engine and touch it and feel it and listen to it and understand what the aircraft is actually doing. Those days are long gone. Nowadays, you walk up to a 787, you're not going to understand anything unless you interface with the computer. The airplane is smarter than you are. Now it takes, now it's the technician's responsibility to understand what the airplane is saying, and as well as the technician's responsibility to understand how to access proper manuals and how to correctly troubleshoot the aircraft. That yes. is the concern. And that you are saying the correct things. That is becoming a lost art because you can't just sit there and say, say I'm gonna throw parts at this airplane and get it fixed. That, that's that's not the issue.
0: What? No. Yeah, that's totally the way. <laughs> that's totally the way to go.
1: <laughs> no. <man. laughs> but but you know what I mean. I mean yes. Like, yes. You, you you can't just sit there and just like oh just throw an IDG at it, throw an uh, you know air cycle machine at it, or throw um, a new computer box at it. It'll get fixed. No, it doesn't work that way. You you have to understand what the airplane is doing. Mm -hmm. You can't just ignore the technology that's built into this, like Airbus and Boeing, uh, all these manufacturers, all these engineers that have put millions of man hours into that technology to make you understand how the airplane works. And for a technician to just plainly ignore all that that's a travesty. I, I just, I can't live with that.
0: Right. Uh, speaking of which that you kind of, uh, r- reminded me of some things like there's a lot of, uh, initiatives, let's say, or well, let's call it that initiatives where you get some very senior, very passionate or very tech savvy mechanics who have taken what they learned and try to make some kind of, uh, interactive trainer. Right. Um, there's, there's some companies out there. Uh, I forget all of their names, but one of the concepts that one of them say is like you have a part and they can hook it up to a computer or something. They can simulate f- different faults. And, uh, and that's kind of like on the student, like, okay, student, here's your project. Uh, tell me what's wrong with it. And then as they're troubleshooting along, they'll, induce, they'll type some, uh, some code words or whatever into the interface. And then it creates another fault. I'm like, oh my God. What you did, didn't work. do something else. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, uh, and there's one of them, I think it's like fully virtual. Um, I mean, they have like a thing, they have like a physical part and then they just kind of simulate what's wrong with it. So you can virtually mess with it. Um, those kind of technologies are pretty cool. Granted, they're
1: expensive, but I, I like where that's going. Um, it, Six, it's been there. It's 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 been there. I'll give you a good example. I'll give you a perfect example. Um, I went through my type course training for the A330. Uh, this was years ago. Um, and they had a full virtual um, virtual example and simulation. And this was obviously just computer-based. We weren't on the actual aircraft, or this wasn't a virtual uh, flight deck that we were sitting in. Um, but it was a just a virtual demonstration on screen, but instructor was able to simulate faults and allow us to troubleshoot throughout that. So engine running, overheat, or some kind of an over temp problem, it takes the technician to realize, OK, we're having a problem here. And you're realizing you're getting fault codes. All this is simulated. The technician has to take initiative to acknowledge the problem. Number one foremost, uh, understand what's going on. Second of all, react to the problem. As in, let's say, if the number one engine is overheating or some malfunction is happening, shut down the engine, get it to a stop, to a safe stop, or even blow a fire bottle if they have to, if there's something on fire. And then on top of that, diagnose the problem, as in get the proper troubleshooting codes, the default, uh, uh, defaults that are coming out and take those things to the manual and knowing how to properly access the manuals. This is what it comes down to. See, the simulation is there to help, but in a real-world scenario, rarely these things will happen, but the training is there. You see what I mean? Yeah, and
0: and I, and I'll... I personally like those kind of training. I mean, it might be specific to a different organization or whatever your outfit is, but the fact that that's there because, uh, in some cases, right? Like, uh, uh, I remember having like these uh, sign offs that I had to do to get certain qualifications, and it, and some of these are like so rare and far in between that, like, why do we even have this, right? <laughs> and then. I like when's the like uh, likelihood that this is ever going to happen and then most times when we are training on this we're just like using our imagination right like uh this is happening what do you do uh i don't know but the, i kind of like the idea of the these virtual simulators or any kind of simulator where it kind of gives you that sense of urgency, like this is happening real time instead of just instead of just feeling like the instructor is just being a total asshole to you. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh-
1: and that, and that and that's trust me, that's becoming the way of the future. that that is becoming the way how training has become. So when you see um, modern day and age technology coming coming through, right? You're mm-hmm. seeing these modern jets coming through and the development from manufacturers. They are producing these virtual reality or, or virtual training courses that will give new mechanics that are coming into the field a better advantage. So that is coming. Trust me, That's not only has it been coming, it's, it's been coming, and better ways of it is also coming to fruition. I can't speak on it right here, right now, but trust me, I'm working on certain projects. You're going to see it later on. It's, it's really cool stuff.
0: Sweet. I'm looking forward to that myself. I mean, me and MVP have been talking about it, and we're probably at some point in time going to get someone who has some form of a virtual trainer, like uh, pick his brain, you know, or pick his or her brain, whichever the case. Um, but I like that. I absolutely love the fact that that's coming out. It's been coming out, and uh, that's more opportunity for the technicians to not only enhance the basics, understand the fundamentals, but to sustain. I think that's the bigger one is to sustain uh switching a little bit about the fundamentals it, i feel uh, uh, how uh, let me backtrack a little bit there was one thing that that was very that was skipped over a little bit um in tech schools or at least the ones i went to was inspections like doing inspections like um not so much condition inspection but kind of like a this is a through-flight inspection, this is a post-flight inspection, this is a phase inspection, stuff like that, right? Uh, stuff that you're going to do day-to-day. They don't do much of those. And at the time, I kind of hated that they didn't because this is the stuff I'm going to be doing on the reg. Um, but now, uh, being more seasoned and understanding, I figure out why they do that is because there's just so much by volume, per type, per model, per new... Rev, rev, revolution, uh, revision <laughs> of uh, what that aircraft is. That it's just not keeping pace with, or it's outpacing the tech schools. And then plus, like this stuff is very specific to whatever outfit you're with. That us telling you this is kind of sort of a waste of time,
1: right? And I mean, I mean, look, look, it's really not a waste of time. Let, let, let's put it in the, in the general perspective. Um, but let's take the, in consideration. We're, we're speaking general here, right? Right. So let's take in consideration your general walk around, just a very simplistic way of looking at it, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever aircraft you, you're walking up against, your general walk around, what is your outlook on that of training when they, when they train you on that? Uh
0: oh, me specifically. Okay, so my my idea of a general walk is, you know, you get the basic familiarization, right? And it's like in like again, you said intro to a foreign world and whatnot. So like we're here. This is a real plane. This is what you're gonna look for. And uh, maybe I maybe I chose the wrong words when it came to useless, but it, it was um. Yeah, there's only so much that they can give you, right? Because a lot of it is specific. But answering your question, as far as general walk-arounds and stuff, like it's it, it's very quick. You know what I mean? Like uh, it's very broad. It's very quick, and uh, you you absorb a little bit of stuff. But that's all just like the general fam of it. And to echo words that we've been saying, it's very basic. <laughs> you know, like it is six steps. Is. Uh, six no. steps. What's the what's the uh, uh, cleanliness security? Uh, foreign object debris, um, uh, corrosion,
1: uh, uh, lightning strikes.
0: Yeah, I was like, because hold, hold on, I had a, I had a, a acronym in my head. I don't want to say it here, but <laughs> there was an acronym uh, that uh, they taught us. It was C C F S C, something like that. And um, that was like how or damage. Yeah, that's it. Uh, that kind of goes into lightning strikes. But yeah, that was like the general uh, five point, six point rule that we do. And that's, um, backtracking a little bit on that one, that's what you would do for any uh, uh, maintenance test. I think a lot of manuals nowadays, they have that in there. It's like step one, perform safe for maintenance uh, or whatnot.
1: But, um, the, the, but that's the thing. That's not taught. That no, it isn't? Nobody teaches this. It no, isn't? No, nobody teaches this stuff. What? Who, who, who? No. Okay. okay so stop it. Like, uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> stop it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah. This this is this is where I'm going. I'm going to double back, and we're going back full circle again to A and P schools, and uh, what was being taught, and what's not being taught, and practicality, and what's the real world, and what's not the real world. Once again, I'm going go back to saying. Yes, AMP schools will teach you to pass that test. Great. That's that's amazing. Cool. But they're not actually getting you ready for the real world. And safety, safety and maintenance is not a step one? Uh, Stop it. Stop it now. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be... I'm, I'm not trying to... Be that guy. And,
0: all right, all right, all right, all right. Uh, but but just saying, like some areas they're lacking. They're they're lacking in some areas where they, they should.
1: They are. They're they're lacking in some areas. But I'm not saying I'm not like again. I'm not harping on instructors. Uh, there are instructors that go above and beyond, and they teach. And and this is where I also can harp on the students, the students themselves. Uh, you're only, you have to want to learn. You you can't just sit back and say, Oh, they taught me this and that's all I know. That's just that's then okay, then you just limited yourself. It's like you can't do that. Mm-hmm. You have to be you have to take the initiative, and you have to take the initiative to learn and understand what you are getting into. Simple fact of a walk-around. The walk-around itself is one of the most crucial and important things. In aircraft maintenance, this literally can be a go or no go thing. Aircraft maintenance is responsible for this. You can Ooh. walk around an air. You can walk around and find something and say, "Hey, this ain't right. this This is not this is not something I am usually seeing. You can you need to address this. Which, funny enough, I did the other day." You, you know
0: what? I'm 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 glad you brought this up because th- this was something that I that I, it uh it was leading up to. Like it, in my head, as you're talking, <laughs> I'm like I'm I'm hoping he hits this, and I'm glad you did. Okay, um, go ahead. So uh,
1: keep it keep keep it in mind. Let me let me finish let me finish that story. Yeah, for and sure. Sorry, sorry, it, sorry. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. So uh, the other day, I'll give you an example, and this is me. This is me because I have just been around this for so long, and this also comes with experience. So, who, again, whoever is listening to this, whoever is paying attention, guys, this comes with experience and time and attention to detail. So, back to my story. I was walking around the other day, and uh, if you guys don't know, I work on at LAX, and a 321neo came in, and the number two engine, and I'm, I'm walking around the aircraft and just paying attention to what's going on. And the number two engine, I walked up, and I'm just looking at the blades, and then I noticed something. There is a thing called an abradable liner. Uh, This is literally what the blades glide across. It almost scrapes it because the blades elongate. They stretch. Mm -hmm. The abradable liner, I saw a crack in it. And on top of that, I also saw a hole in it. Uh, This became (laughs) a concern. Yeah, this became a concern to me. I was like, okay, I've seen cracks, cracks are allowable. That's a normal thing, but holes are unusual. So, I grabbed the logbook. I grabbed the logbook. Captain was on board already, and I said, "Hey, Captain, I there's an a there's an issue with the number 2 engine, and I don't I don't feel comfortable releasing it as of now. I need to get in contact with engineering and I need to reference my manuals and to see the limitations on what's going on. Captain was concerned. I said, "Okay." He said, that's fine. Just do your thing. Took the logbook, went inside, went further back, went back to the engine, inspected, measured the holes, called our TSD desk, our technical operations, called engineering. They said, look, this is what's going on with the airplane. This is what's happening. Are we allowable? Because I'm also reading the manuals and I'm looking at the limitations and came down to it and said, okay, according to CFM manuals, we're good to go, but for a certain limit. Mm-hmm. It was only allowable to go for about 50 flight cycles. After that, uh, not only 50 flight cycles, but it also had to be reinspected." on every single flight Hmm. to make sure that the hole does not elongate or there's any more damage. Right, right. So everything is documented. And as long as I have clearance from engineering, my, you know, my maintenance department, my supervisors, I'm like, okay, good. I have the documentations. I documented it and I put it on a particular monitoring list. Yeah, airplane took a big delay. It did because of me. Sorry, passengers. It, it happens. But you know what? <laughs> those people's <laughs> lives are my responsibility. I'm not going to release an airplane that I think there's something wrong with it. Yes. So after all that, after all that documentation, after all that research and information, talking to all those people, I get back to the captain, say, hey, your airplane's good these are the cycles this is how it works you're safe to go and he went signed it off and went away that airplane will be addressed when that life cycle ends so nice. these are the things i'm talking about it's it's uh, real life situations and yes. these these are the things are, that most people won't know
0: no kidding uh, i'm going to build a Quite a bit on this example because you highlighted exactly what I wanted to talk about, as well as you were uh, uh, building up to this from your pre from your time learning the fundamentals to the time you gave your personal example is um, uh, when he, learning when to put your foot down, right? Um, uh, he did, hit the nail the on the head where he talked about responsibility. You as an aircraft example. technician are responsible for the wealth and safe or the wealth, the health and safety of that plane. And most importantly, the people that are writing in it, right? Um, okay, here's gonna here's gonna be the fun part. Um, so, well, before I do this, I want to ask all you guys, everyone out there a question. Like, when do you draw the line, and when do you step aside? Okay, let the, let that steep for a second. Now, oh yeah,
1: let that uh, definitely steep for a second, right? Because <laughs> so, definitely, <laughs> let, because you know why? I'm sorry, I'm gonna add to this because. That's going to be your interview question when you try to join airline. Yes. Yes,
0: absolutely. Uh, And so from the basics and from Stig example and my challenge question, I shared a video with Stig uh, the other day and everyone listening, feel free to look this video up as well. The title of this video, if you go on YouTube, it's called The Bare Minimum.
1: Make sure to link that. Make sure to link that because... (laughs) Guys, I watched that video and that one brought me like I was on my knees. I'm like, oh, my God, that was that was just that hit me hard. Yes. Because the passion and the anxiety of what what is happening in that video. And if anybody's in the airline industry or any kind of aviation industry and trying to make airplanes go and make airplanes fly, they will understand it. Yes. Well, they'll hear a lot of screaming and yelling, but if you actually pay attention to, to what's happening in that video, six, Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to say anything. You You tell them.
0: <laughs> okay. So uh, as I said, the bare minimum, if you look this on YouTube, every mar- every person listening to this right now, if they were a Marine, they would be cursing at me right now. Like, oh my God, I know this video. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so to give everyone who hasn't seen it yet or who are about to see it, I'll give a little bit of context. So um, this is a military video uh it's involving military aviation military planes so understand there's some military rules to hear and with the military anything and everything evolves around mission so let's get that out of the way uh i also want to acknowledge that i understand the point of view from everybody involved in that video i know why the person screaming i know why the people are getting yelled at i know why the people being yelled at thinks it's bullshit um uh, I'm just going there. I understand from both sides, right? Um, You
1: got to, you got to remind him to watch to the end of the video, because what that man said and how he is protecting his people is very important. Yes.
0: Uh, So um, I I will gracefully uh, say, I'll gracefully acknowledge the mindsets of everybody involved. And for the context of this video, again, these are uh, military mechanics. They are, or let me give some background to it. So they're military mechanics. They're qualified and certified to sign off planes, safe safe for flight. I want to say for this particular video, they are helicopter mechanics. And they're basically getting their faces screamed at by this senior military member who is also a maintenance uh, controller who assigns planes for flights and all that stuff. And what he was yelling about them about or yelling at them about was these... uh, qualified mechanics are refusing to sign a plane safe for flight it's like i will not do it i refuse you will not force me to do it and so this is why that senior military member is screaming at him now that kind of goes back to my initial question is like where do you draw the line like what is beyond? what is like something that you're not willing to be responsible for uh in the initial point of the video, it says, oh, I'm siding with these guys because they will not release a plane safer flight that's unsafe. And as you move on through the video, you kind of hear what uh, his reasoning is. Um, you'll hear what he tries to do to protect people and stuff like that. Um uh. So, the civilian equivalent for these uh, of... uh, 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 safer. <laughs> go, go,
1: ahead, go, ahead, ahead. go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. I know. I know. It's a difficult video to watch because you hear a lot of screaming and yell, a lot of yelling. But uh, what you have to understand is the, the person that is talking has got a lot of passion and has got a lot of experience. And he understands what takes uh, an aircraft to go and not go. Mm -hmm. Now, what Six is talking about is the safety of flight. Now, military standards are much different uh, when it comes down to commercial standards, Mm -hmm. Uh, different rules and different regulations. Now, don't get those two mixed up. Okay, guys, Mm -hmm. I want you to be very, very clear on this. There's very different rules and regulations. We don't abide by the same things. These right. are mil- these are military aircraft that do military operations. This is very different from the civilian world. The right. civilian world, we are very strict on anything else. Remember, military, military operations, commercial, commercial flight. So very two separate things. But the ideology what we're talking about is the same thing it is the safety of flight. So if you are able to get through that video, it's a lot of screaming, sorry. Mm -hmm. And you get to the end of that video, you will understand the factor of what that person is saying. Is that if it does come down to the safety of flight, that person that is speaking in that video, he is protective, very protective of his crew because he will not let anybody go down for anything matter of fact the man stands up and said i will take the blame if anything happens mm-hmm. if anything if if anything happens i will take the blame for it yep so so, so it's, that's a very important factor
0: right and so and uh and again like there's a lot of things that were said and screamed at uh with that video a lot of people you can agree to disagree about uh what that video entailed there are some things from my experience that I would not have personally said, <laughs> or I would not have personally.
1: It's, st- it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. And, <laughs> that,
0: and that's the reason why I sent it to you. Like, well, Oh, you, you're going to blow your brains out when you hear this. <laughs> right. But at the end of the day, uh, like uh, I, I, I feel his intention with this, as Stig was mentioning, the idea is like, if you have a season of uh, v- veteran, like, not just veteran as in military, but veteran as in someone who knows what he's doing. If you have a seasoned mechanic who is really out for his people, he'll stand by their their decision. And that's point blank, right? Because um, you've done the due diligence. You have made the rule. You have made the call. You said it's safe or unsafe, whatever the case may be. And uh, just know like when you make these kind of calls and you're and you got the letter to back it up. There's not a whole lot people can do about it. Like, I am not going to release this plane for flight because of these reasons and these are bad and it, and you will find people in the real world who will try to push it through blur those lines or whatever the case may be but this is this is kind of goes back to my question like if you're right and, and you have all the rules and engineering and all the the objective evidence to back you up that be the time to put your foot down like this is what I'm this is the hill I'm going to I'm going to stand on. This is the hill you got to knock me off on. And I'm- yes, th- go ahead. Th-
1: no, 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 no. You're saying the right things. And that's exactly what I mean by this. It's, uh, you know, when it comes down to it, it's, you know, you have the support. You have not only, not only do you have the support, you have the documentation to back you. At that point, it's, it takes confidence. Yes. And I've, and I've seen many, many times where mechanics, they just don't have the confidence and say, hey, I'm I'm putting my name on this. And I did. By the way, the I have put my name on many aircrafts and, and released them. And, you know, all of my aircraft that have flew, they've landed. They've been there. Right. So uh, you have to be confident in your work scope. You have to be confident in your understanding of what the aircraft is capable of. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, you have to have redundancy, the human redundancy, because that's what it's That That's exactly what it takes. It's not just you making this final decision. Yeah, okay, a tray table fixed. Yeah, okay, don't worry. airplane's not going to fall out of the sky because of a tray table or a recline mechanism or some... Galley cart, latch, or whatever, or a coffee maker. Okay, mm-hmm. we're talking about important things here. When it comes to the important things, trust me, eh, we are looking at this very, very carefully. And mm-hmm. the mechanics that are working on these things, they're putting their due diligence. They're putting their life on the line. They're putting their whole careers on the line because we're signing off paperwork. We're signing off the aircraft and the airworthiness of this aircraft saying it is okay to fly. And it's not just because a mechanic says, oh, it's fine to go, good to go. No, it, it comes with a ton of paperwork. It comes with a ton of eyes looking at them. It comes with FAA looking at it and a bunch of audits right behind it. So yes. it's... So, and you're well aware of all this. So, I'm not even going to mention that. <laughs> and, and to uh,
0: put like to wrap all this into a very nice package of a bow, it, you, you'll gain this confidence. You'll gain that leg up. You'll un- you have that seasoned understanding of when to put your foot down and when to make the right call and all this stuff. If you practice the fundamentals, oh my Absolutely. god, oh my Man, god! No no you, you, no, no, you did it. You said you said it
1: perfectly right there. You six. You said it so freaking perfectly. And the fact of the matter is, the pressure. Yes. I, let, 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 let's 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 talk about this. Let's talk about the pressure. Mm-hmm. You can have every supervisor crawling up your neck and saying, "Push the airplane. Push this. Push that. Get the airplane out." Guess what? At the end of the day. It's not going to matter. Guess who has the final authority? Mm -hmm. That's right. The mechanic. Yep. Uh, And it takes your diligence, your craft, your efficiency, and your due diligence as an aircraft maintenance technician to know and have confidence within yourself to release an aircraft. Nobody can tell you otherwise. I have had, personally, I'm going to tell you something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have grounded more airplanes than I can have, than I have fingers and toes. Okay. <laughs> I swear to God. Mm-hmm. And I'm not ashamed of saying that either. I, no, I don't I'm... care. Do you know why I grounded it?
0: Wait for it. Wait for it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Be-
0: because it's unsafe. Because, <laughs> because it's, it's unsafe. unsafe. Because, because yes. it's
1: unsafe. <laughs> because I'm not going to let that airplane fly with souls on board.
0: Yes. And that's I'm exa- not
1: going to allow that to happen. It's it's no, it's not, never going to happen. I don't <laughs> care even if they walk up to me and say tell me you're fired. I'm like, "Okay, fine, fire me. I don't care." I'm still not going to let that airplane fly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, still my, it's still my it's still my job. But you're still not going to you're not going I'm not going to let you let the airplane fly.
0: Right, uh, yeah, you put that so perfectly on that one, uh, and it's and it's hundred percent true because you have a responsibility. If it's unsafe, hey, you make the call, right? Uh, if they say like, "I don't care, I'm gonna find someone else to do it," then by all means, go for it. I am telling you, it's unsafe, right? Um, and uh, and that's kind of like the context of that video uh, to a degree, right? Because I mean, you gotta kind of understand the passion behind that, but it's, even so,
1: it's, it's, it's the the ender. Uh, the last portion of that video where it actually comes together again, mm-hmm. the the whole video is so packed with so much emotion and he's very angry when he's speaking, but towards mm-hmm. the end, you see his emotions truly coming out and, mm-hmm. and his care and compassion for his crew. So mm-hmm. that's why I'm saying watch to the end of it. So yep. you will really, really understand where he's going with that. He's not just screaming and, and yelling at the top of his lungs because He's angry. He's screaming and yelling at the top of his lung because he cares.
0: Yes, very much. Yes. And uh, um, uh, like we were saying about uh, grounding stuff, um, we don't we we don't take pleasure in grounding stuff. Like that's like that's kind of like a, a. A highlighted failure on our part, right, regardless if it's our fault or not, right, like. Oh, I didn't get this plane out. We take that just oh, as hard as the people who I like... Eat
1: grounding stuff? You know, they like... Stuff.
0: Like, oh, I guess I got to get another flight. Like, that hurts, right? Um, it's very rare while ground stuff and I'll be happy about it, right? And, and the only reason I'd be happy about it is because um, like uh, the very rare... The, not very rare, but the very uncommon times where I said like, this is going to break if you guys keep going. And they didn't heed the warning and guess what it broke like huh? imagine that right but we don't take pleasure in grounding planes we don't we absolutely hate it that's like a, a yeah like a, we, we
1: do we we this is like the worst thing in the world for me like when i when i ground an airplane i'm like crap this is horrible yes I, because because i try to like e- even if i can get a deferral or any kind of relief on it i'll try to get it but if it's impossible it's impossible Mm-hmm. Even if it's a simple, silly little thing, like sometimes airplanes can still fly, but just rules and regulations will not allow it to fly because of certain things. Because right. I'll give you an example, a windshield wiper, an airplane windshield wiper of all things. That will, that can ground an airplane. Oh, that yeah, I believe, I believe it. Can, no, it can literally ground an airplane because it was almost uh, I'll give you uh, the example is. Uh, we had a 787 that came in uh, from um, from Philly, and it was going out to Miami. In Miami, we had some nasty little weather, and first officer windshield was not functioning properly. Excuse me, not first officer's captain's windshield. Captain's windshield was not functioning properly. The the the, the squawk was uh, windshield wiper is stuck, not working. You know, and that would have been a grounding item. We performed an operational check and did what we had to do, and we got it to work again and signed it off and got it on its way. But again, it's it's about doing your job and get the airplane back into working condition. And mm-hmm. uh, if let's say if that windshield did not work, let's say even if after our, my operational check, even if I did what I did. It still did not work. I I could not release that airplane. That airplane would have been grounded because mm-hmm. of a simple windshield wiper. Mm-hmm. So yep. it, it's just it goes down to rules and regulations, uh, due diligence to your workmanship, mm-hmm. following procedures, safety procedures, obviously, and uh, making sure you're dispatching an aircraft in an airworthy condition. The number one priority always for me is my my passengers, They're, my souls on board. They are my number one priority. Yes. If, if I cannot dispatch that aircraft properly, the souls on board, because I can be putting on my mother, my father, my sister, brother, whatever, my family members onto that airplane, and I don't feel confident in it, guess what? That airplane's not going.
0: Right. Exactly. And that goes back to my previous question. Like, when do you draw the line? Right. And again, you will not find any of this stuff. You will not uh, have the internal uh, compass for this if you don't be- practice the bare minimums or the fundamentals, the basics. Right. Because if you can't get that right, Absolutely. you can't figure out how that works. None of this extra stuff where the where the heat is really on is going to matter, because if you can't do any of this, it's not. It's not going to happen. It's not going to be right, and it's pro- it's most likely going to be unsafe, and um, it's going to turn into a problem for someone else or a huge problem for everybody, everybody else. So, uh, you're uh, absolutely to, right. You're to, absolutely right. So, to wrap uh, a lot of this, all this up, right, <laughs> is Good. is uh, uh, practice the fundamentals. Understand what you're supposed to do. Understand your theories of operation understand that the tech schools that are around there or any education uh, uh, curriculum out there is going to give you uh, what they can as best they can. And some of that is regulated. Some of that is by resources. And some of it is just because for lack of better words, it's just to help you get you out the door and to working Right. because you pay for it. <laughs> I'm sorry to say you, you pay for you,
1: it. sorry so to say, yeah, like <laughs> it's it sucks to say that. It It, it really does. It's, and I, I don't want to. I don't want that to happen. And right. I, I, wa- I want. I want the educators out there to listen. I really hope the educators are listening to this. Oh, we'll make but, sure they listen. <laughs> oh, please make sure they listen. I right. want them to listen. Put more effort into your students. These are the people that you're teaching.
0: Is, is it weird? Is, ma- is it weird, man? Like, as you're talking, I'm clapping my hands in, in rhythm to your words. Like,
1: <laughs> practice
0: the fundamentals. Clap, clap, clap.
1: <laughs> That's right? no, beautiful. It's beautiful. And and no, for I, everyone I... else... Go ahead, hey, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead, no, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead.
0: Like, I was going to say, and for everyone else's edification, uh, you may find Stig with his interactive videos or interaction and, ed- and education videos at his social medias in various uh, forums like Instagram and TikTok where... If you want to dive deeper into stuff or you want to learn a little bit more about things or like, hey, what's the new up and coming? Stig's your man. And he he and a whole slew of other very inspiring mechanics and technicians have all sorts of stuff to help you get through. Um, dude, there's like a a streets long scroll of all different names that are just oh, they're, fantastic. They're,
1: they're, they're just, they're just, some, I mean, uh, here, I'll name them off for you. You don't have to even have to. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't memorized uh you got uh first and foremost miss elena one of the most amazing uh mechanics uh she's out of miami she's also works for the same airline as i do hers her tag is fixed light travel you got uh zetto um he is an incredible mechanic he's in the european side of it you got brent who is uh his tag is total aviation he's up in canada same with uh, 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 Fancal only. He's also up in Canada. Um, you got uh, uh, Avionics Stan also mm. in the European side. Uh, there's there's so many of them. One of the um, one of the most incredible, actually, really amazing technicians. So knowledgeable. His name is Fahad. He's out in Vietnam. Uh, incredible guy. Uh, but there's just there's, there's a plethora. Of incredible technicians out there, these people are beautiful. They're filled with knowledge, and the these are like my close friends, man. Uh, mm-hmm. These guys and girls, and just Alyssa Lockwood. Oh my mm-hmm. god she's she's epic, Alyssa. If you guys don't know, like Alyssa Lockwood, she works for Delta. Uh, she is just incredible as well. Like all these people, just amazing take the technical people incredible in-depth knowledge with maintenance everybody is so proficient with their side of technology like again guys i don't know everything i really don't i am i always tell you guys i am just a wrench i just tell you what i know but i feed off of all my friends and they we all work together Especially with here, with with cancel for maintenance, these people, six MVP, like all these guys here, incredible human beings. Oh, We're, all spread, be <laughs> We're all trying to spread. I'll be quiet. We're all trying to spread the the gospel of aircraft maintenance and trying to and get people aware of how important this job is. You're not playing with toys, guys. You're not. These aren't toys. These these aren't. These ain't Legos these are the these are important things you're 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 in charge of lives mm-hmm. and a, a doctor is working on one person you are working on an airplane that's in charge of 3 to 3 to 400 people at a time mm-hmm. you're, you're you're surgeons you're fixers yeah. i want you all to remember that you all are all fixers you're problem solvers and that's my final say <laughs> I love Six. it. I love ben. it all. I love it all. <laughs> so again,
0: you guys can find Stig at Stig Aviation at Instagram and TikTok. Every single one of uh the people that he's mentioned, us and Stig, we're all available for any type of resource what we can offer, uh what we what we can ask, what we can help edify, all that stuff. And all of this is just to help you become better at everything. Um maybe not everything everything, but you'll get pretty pretty good at stuff right and it's all just to spread this knowledge so it, this continues on so this doesn't lose um uh lose itself to time right uh but let us know what you think right like uh, uh what's what, what do you feel about tech schools what do you feel about the fundamentals do you feel that uh, troubleshooting is becoming a lost art uh, if you've seen the video, tell us your thoughts and opinions about that, because I've heard some really strong ones, myself included. <laughs> so let us all know what you think about it. Uh, social media, uh, pretty much everywhere. Uh, you can hit us up on our website. Jo- or the best way to get a hold of us is to be on Patreon, on our Discord channel. We talk all sorts of stuff there, anything and everything. I think the latest topic was like... Uh, like a spicy beef jerky (laughs) of all things.
1: (laughs) I like jerky.
0: (laughs) So uh, yeah, let us know, hit us up and let us, give us your thoughts. And on that note, we will see you all again next time.
1: Thank you all. Appreciate you having me here. I'm honored as always. Cancer for maintenance, the best.
0: Oh, thanks friend. (laughs) We would like to take this time to thank our patrons for supporting our show and allowing us to make episodes, maintain our gear, and create merch for all of our listeners. With special thanks to Erica Lamont, Chris Hawkins, Eric Shaw, Dan Schubert, Ryan Frushauer, Kyle Keir, Mike Sherwood, Caleb Stockhill, and Jennifer Brofer. Thank you all so much for your support and patronage. If you like our show, please support us on Patreon. You'll receive awesome perks like access to our private Discord, discounts and early access to our merch, first glimpse of our comics and other projects, and so much more. You can further support us and show off your prowess as an aircraft specialist by visiting our shop at cancelformainness.com. If you like classy or rugged watches, visit our affiliate Rockwell Time at rockwelltime.com. Use the code CX, the number 4, MX, to save 10% off your total order. If you have suggestions for the show or you'd like to be a guest on the show, send us a line on our contact us section at cancelformainness.com. And we'll do what we can to get both your ideas and yourself on the show. Please support us on social media like Facebook at Cancel for Maintenance, Instagram at C-A-N-X for Maintenance Podcast, or Twitter at C-X-M-X Podcast. Please check out our new comic series on the Tapas app. Like, share, subscribe, and comment on our comics. Let us know what you think. Thank you all
1: so much for your support and listenership, and we will catch you all next time.